Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon to you. It is Friday, the 16th of July. Great to be here with you from a lockdown, Sydney, for the call. This program is it, isn't it? 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, and all done over the space of one hour. And today, I mean, I feel sort of lucky to be here because she's OOO out of the office today, and I get to wrap up his life-changing stock series and i've got two fantastic guests jim Lu is joining us from tribeca investment partners and adam dawes from shaw and partners it's great to have you both with us also great to have you with us if you are watching us on youtube facebook or twitter today so guys we've got a great audience for our um for our life-changing stock series. So let's get right into it. No pressure. I'll start with you, Jumbe Lu. Now, this one is a company that we have discussed. I think even you and I have discussed it on uh, the call before. Aura Biosurgery. The ticker code is ARX. I'm not going to steal any of your thunder, but why could this, over a long-term investment horizon, potentially you know, be life-changing in monetary terms? <laughs> look, um, this is uh, look. It's life changing in two ways. Um, one is that you can make substantial amount of return, financial return, out of investment in this very early stage, um, uh, little fa- very fast growing business. Um, and uh, and then the secondly that um, you know this is a company where uh, it will change people's life literally. So let me get into it. So Aroa Ara- is a a, a a very fast growing early stage stage. Um, business um, a wound care product. Um, it is now already using over four million uh, procedures around the world to date. Um, its product is essentially used in the um, the hernia um, repairs markets, um, in uh, trauma accidents, um, in chronic wounds, and as well as many other areas. Now, the, the, its product has been tested, and uh, you know uh, there's lots of clinical data supporting how effective it is in healing the wounds. Um, and um, and then the company itself is um, you know now selling the product is selling around the world in the U.S. Across Australia, Europe, um, lots of agreement in place, um, and um, you know it's doing very, very well. Um, it is trading at a fraction of the valuation of what the uh, larger peers like Polynovo is. 
um, and also, um, you know, notwithstanding, its addressable market is far larger than what Polynomial um, is, uh, is is within. So, to us, it's a company that will, um, you know, significantly increase um, in value. Um, and also, it is something that will uh, that does help people to to heal. And uh, as it grows, its suite of products, um, it certainly is a life changing uh, company. Yeah. So don't look at that chart. That's wrong. Uh, our all biosurgery. So that is Jumbe Lu's life changing company. Now, Adam, uh, Jumbe, we'll ask you though because it, this is, as you mentioned, it's just early stage. It, it's too small for for your fund right now, is it? Uh, with Aroa, it's not. Um, okay. So we are essentially following where the money is. So we have this company in our portfolio. Um, and uh, this company, literally, uh, it's done very well. Only listed last year, it doubled on day one. And, um, you know, we think there's a lot more opportunity going forward. Even if, uh, it, although I say it's early stage, early stage as in the addressable market is enormous. Uh, compare this company with Polynovo, um, you know, in terms of the data and clinical support and the amount of procedure that's being performed here, uh, it's not that early stage. So it's proven product that's um, that's been selling very well. Great, got it. Okay, now let's go to Adam Dawes. Calix is yours, CXL. I had the pleasure oh. of speaking with the managing director, Phil Hodgson, just last week. Talk us through <laughs> your life-changing, potentially life-changing company. Yeah, look, this one, this one's a great little one uh, for a lot of investors because I think it ticks a couple of the boxes. First of all, that box of ESG. Now, we've talked ad nauseum about ESG and, and, and what that actually looks like, but certainly ESG is one of those ones where that, and I always call it the wall of money that is flowing and coming down the line. And the Calyx sort of fits really nicely into that bucket as far as ESG. So that's the first thing. The second thing is it is quite small market cap. Uh, it, it doesn't. It, it is a little bit illiquid, but it, it means that retail investors can get set. Now the stock has definitely moved, uh, you know, sort of over a dollar, you know, sort of last year, and now three dollars. But I still think there's a monumental upside uh, to that. So we still remain really, really positive. Now, obviously, Calyx is one of those ones that takes. And there's a couple of, uh, it's basically takes CO2 emissions out of, uh, well, pretty much anything that, that it can do, but really it's concentrating on the cement industry and then taking out the CO2 emissions plus the heat that is used to create concrete or create um, cement. Uh, it, it's quite an environmentally damaging uh, business as such to, to do that. So what I'm really liking is is that that it gives this business and gives the ability for people to have a little bit of a feel-good story around it. We remain positive. Obviously, industry tailwinds are the most certain to remain supportive to the company, as well as a series of potential catalysts based on revenue plus gross profit margin. Uh, and assuming that they can then move that just from, from cement to wastewater, agriculture, crop protection, all of these kinds of things going forward as well. So this one's a little small one. I think that's got lots of revenue uh, and it's got some really good royalties coming through. I think this one is a life-changing one for somebody's portfolio. Wonderful. All right, uh, C-X-L-A-R-X. Thank you guys. Thank you for those picks. And uh, if anybody out there watching would like to hear what the CEOs of both of those companies have to say, you can just go to our website. We've got a, a number of interviews uh, with them up there. Let's get into the companies that have been nominated by our viewers. The first one has been brought to us, uh, our attention at least, by Claudia. Now, the first company is Liberty Financial. Adam, I was reading a city note the other day that said, mm. 
share market investors can profit from you know the strength that we've seen in the property market, but not via the big banks. They should be looking at uh, Australian Finance Group, AFG, and also Liberty Financial. Would you agree? Yeah, look, it's certainly a, a way to play that because obviously it's a mortgage funding business. So, you know, one of those things is is that we really like this side of uh, the business. And, you know, it, it, it's all about the net interest margin. So in other words, what they can actually uh, put to the market and, and what that margin that they can have. So I really think that this one does look OK. It's probably a hold from me. I'm a more of the of the view that I'll probably prefer to be in the banks as such because there is a little bit more diversification. So that's something that I think you could uh, definitely look at. But look, the, the target price for most brokers is, is around about that sort of $9 mark. So look, there is some certainly some upside there. Um, and I think if they can keep that earnings profile looking good, I think if they can do that, and there's a comparable valuation of Pepper Money as well, PPM, uh, that has come through. Um, so I think the forecast should stay the same. For me, this one is probably uh, a nice little hold at the moment. Uh, just because I probably prefer the big banks. Jume, would you prefer to be in the big banks uh, as opposed to some of these other ways that you can leverage the, the hot property market? I uh, I hate to uh, you know agree with Adam on the first call. I'm going oh, to be what, very <laughs> yes. There's nothing wrong with agreeing with me. Uh, yeah, yeah, look, look, no, absolutely right. Sorry, I lost uh, visual for a second. Um, I absolutely agree with you. I think bank is a much better place to be. Now, for this company, uh, it's probably a hold for me. Um, it's it's really because the current operating environment is, uh, you know, it's as good as it gets, right? So, you know, the, uh, for the earnings, it's about volume and margin. Now, for the volume, yes, we've got mortgages, we've got things that's going well. But for margin fronts, um, you know, interest rates are very low. So this company has benefited from falling interest rate because they, they borrow, they get it from the bank and from other places from very low rates. And then they lend it out at a you know, reasonable rate. So they make a margin. Now, the, uh, the, the rates where they get all the funding has been so low um, because the banks give them at a very low rate. But if anything, in the next two years, um, you have to agree that the interest rate is on its way up. Uh, we're already seeing the fixed rate for mortgages is already going higher. So, you know, in that sort of environment, um, you know, this business is, is going to do okay for the next couple of years. Uh, but look, looking ahead, that margin will be under more pressure. Um, and especially now the banks, um, you know, uh, pulling everything together. Um, it's not very expensive, paying big dividends. So I'm much rather to be in the banks. This one's a whole thing as well. Got it. Okay, that's Liberty Financial Group. Uh, we are out of the blocks with agreement all around. Let's see if that holds true for the next company on the list. MLD, it's Maka. Uh, it's for Malia. I think that's how you pronounce that as well. Uh, it's in the contracting space. It's diversified. It works in Australia and internationally as well. I'm wondering, though, about labor costs eating into margins. I mean, we saw that in Rio's quarterly update that came through today. Yeah. Uh, Jubei, let's look, start with you. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> start talking already. Um, look, I, I think you're absolutely right. The main issue at the moment for this sort of mining services space is that, yes, there's a lot of demand for there. There's an opportunity to do a lot of work, but there's no labor, um, especially, um, you know, the exposure, the ones with exposure to the Western Australia market, which one that which this one does. Um, just and then the thing is we can't see the border opening up um, anytime soon, perhaps six to twelve months. So you know they will be continued under pressure. Um, this company though, it is very very cheap and it's very well managed. So you know we actually think that um, you know a lot of those businesses actually represent quite a 
uh, quite a bit of value heading into results. Um, because think about the uh, pressure on labor, it's already known. And last uh, six months ago at the uh, interim result, we heard from all the mining services. So, you know, there's a level of expectations of, um, you know, tough condition for these guys. And it is so cheap that, um, you know, I, th I think it, it warrants a look. Uh, but at this point, it still holds. But I think this result might give a bit more clarity on how they see things going. But it is a very well-run business. Okay, so Adam, that's, that's you know, a good point. If it's well-run, you do want to be these, buy these mining services companies when they are, you know, cheap. So is it a buy based on valuation? Yeah, I'm going to echo Jumbe's uh, commentary on the last stock, which is LFG, and just talking about how it's probably as good as it gets with these with this sector as well. You know, we're in the mining sector. We've seen very high commodity prices. We're certainly seeing uh, fantastic dividends. Uh, but we all know that uh, mining companies are cyclical and commodity prices are cyclical. So you really need to look at that and basically understand that the, this cycle is potentially at the top end, or we could probably go for another sort of six months, but this is at the top end. I would have thought Macca would have been doing a lot better now. And you can see that January side, it was definitely sitting up there at $1.50, and then, you know, it's it certainly come back. I think it's probably as good as it gets for the mining services side of things. These guys do some really good stuff in the mining, crushing, civil construction, infrastructure, and uh, mineral processing. So it is quite diversified. But yeah, I, I'd say it's a hold because I think this, it's the wrong time to be investing in with the cycle where we are at the moment. Got it. So that is a, a void at this time for you. All right. Next on the list, Woodside Petroleum. We just learned yesterday, not only that sales surged 67% in the June quarter, but also that it is looking to sell down its stake in the Pluto LNG asset. Uh, it doesn't want to be the sole owner before it makes that uh, investment decision there. So, uh, uh, Jumbei, Woodside Petroleum, do you buy it now and the expectation of rising sales and prices? Or is this a risky option as the whole world moves to renewables? Um, I, that, look, there's a, there's, a, there's a really big question. I think for the short term, so in the next 12 months, I think the energy space looks very, very strong. Um, and uh, energy equity like the Woodside and Oil Search and others um, certainly has lagged the rally in the oil prices. And the, with the world return to travel, at some point, so we'll be out of our doors and then, you know, be lining up for traveling overseas. Um, that will provide significant amount of demand for, um, you know, for jet fuels and then demand for oil. At the same time, you know, uh, I think the OPEC pack now have a very clear, um, you know, view of, um, you know, increasing uh, supply uh, behind the demand. So that means the oil price will be reasonably supported. Um, so with those insights, you know, the energy space looks very good. Um, over the long term, yes. Um, you know, obviously we have renewables and others, um, but in between, there's a lot of money can be made just simply because Western world is not investing those um, those assets. Um, and then so it will make them more and more scarce. And at the same time, uh, a huge global recovery in activity around the world is going to create that tension. So there's good money to be made. Now, Woodside itself, I don't like it. I much prefer to have exposure to the CentOS or oil search. Um, you know, just give you a lot more leverage to that front. Um, much prefer a purer play rather than, you know, businesses does have some of its uh, structural issues. Um, so, yeah, so I'd much rather to play the other names and they, they certainly will be in the portfolio. 
Yeah, okay, so that is a bit of a, a bonus coming from Jim Bay, Santos, an oil search. So yeah, the Pluto LNG expansion project, uh, if they get this other uh, partner, will potentially get the go-ahead for construction later this year. So how do you view Woodside, Adam? Is this a short-term play, potentially, or long-term? Look, it's a, it's a long-term play for me, and, and, and Woodside definitely moves on the oil price. And so they came out the other day for their quarterly and said that they're sort of getting average of $75 a barrel uh, for their oil and, and LNG. So that's that, that's actually fantastic, and hence their revenue on, on the upside was a beat. However, production was a little bit lower. But I think the second quarter result wasn't really structural uh, for Woodside. And that, look, trading costs have certainly, or, or higher costs, caused them to sort of have a little bit of a pullback on, on those numbers. Uh, look, I've been struggling with this whole energy space because of what's happening in the ESG space or in this green space. And it's, it's really, really difficult. If you take a step back, 85% uh, of the world's energy needs is still fossil fuels. So that only leaves about 15% that's in this green space. So albeit there's lots of talk about ESG and there's lots of talk about all this stuff, but basically we still need oil to turn on a light. We still need oil to, to grow and drive the, the economy moving forward. So I don't think you throw Woodside out now. I think it's a buy. I really like this business. It's fantastic. It pays good dividend. It is the largest in our sector. So I'd be very, uh, so I'm very comfortable to recommend it to clients. We have a buy-in on insurance partners. I'm always a little bit concerned something, and I'm sort of to Jumbe's point, I'm actually a little bit concerned about something like an oil search. They're in Papua New Guinea. I don't really know the government's stance there. And we have seen in oil search and Papua New Guinea government changing a couple of times, which does affect that investment thesis. So I think you've got to make sure you understand the ge geopolitical stance before you invest in some of these companies. So that why that's why I really like Woodside because it's here in Australia. Uh, they certainly are going to do well. They need to find uh, a CEO to get those uh, to, to to work that out. They do need to send get those asset sell downs before they make their final investment decision. So there is a little bit of uh, work that Woodside needs to do to get some confidence back in there. But I think where it's sitting, I think it's 22, 23 bucks where it is today. I think look, that, that that's a fantastic buy, and I'm really comfortable to uh, put it into clients' portfolios. We have a disagreement happening here. So there you go. A buy from Adam Dawes, not so from June Bay for Woodside Petroleum. Okay, Spark Infrastructure has come to us. Uh, I don't actually have the name of the viewer that that one's come from. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of uh, newspaper inches being written about Spark Infrastructure right now. We've been talking about it a lot because it has had a takeover approach. Now, it's rejected that approach. It's uh, denied the group due diligence, it's a consortium that includes the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Uh, I was speaking with David Lane from Ordmanet this morning, guys. He said, June Bay, don't expect an improved offer coming through for Spark Infrastructure. Just going by memory, I think you like this company as a, a safe sort of option. Is that correct? Has your view changed at all? Uh, no, not, not this one. Okay. Um, it's the other spark. <laughs> and uh, so, look, this one is, it, look, they're okay. Um, but the business is not really growing. Earnings going backwards. Um, all it is is it offers a good dividend yield. But normally, as the investors, you know, equity market investors, you invest in something, give you a dividend yield, also give you a bit of an inflation hedge, you know, so your earnings grow a little bit. Um, but, you know, this one actually 
you know, doesn't tick the box for many. Um, I think what this is happening with this spark is that, um, you know, it's a, it's just a sign that the money's so cheap around the world. Um, you know, super funds, um, pension funds are struggling to find unlisted, um, you know, unlisted uh, infrastructure or long duration assets. So what they're doing is that they, you know, trying to bring a lot of those listed assets that is not um, sort of being recognized for its valuation, taking them private. So just a week before we heard from Sydney Airport, that was the bid as well. So, you know, so I think we will see a lot more of it. Um, you know, so with this company, you know, if I hold it, um, look, um, you probably can hold up for a few percent. Your downside is probably limited, but your upside is probably limited too. So um, the next logical thing is that, you know, similar sort of stock, what else can get beat? Um, APA is another one that got get talked about quite a bit. Um, another company that's sort of infrastructure business sort of being challenged a little bit, um, but it's on 6% dividend yield. So, you know, and then so there's a bit of, um, you know, uh, investors looking to potentially someone else can look at those assets. But look, invest for M&A can take a very long time. You know, we thought Sydney Airport would get taken out. Um, that was uh, a year ago, and it took a 12 months for people to, um, you know, put the deal together. So um, it's risky to invest for M&A, but certainly uh, you can look at some of the company it does give you good dividend yield, does have a strong infrastructure-like uh, sort of assets um, and position in them. Okay, Adam Dawes, Spark Infrastructure, yeah. not Spark Telecom. Do you like it? Yeah. Do you, do, you know, if you're if you're already a shareholder, there wouldn't be. Uh, a reason to sell now? No, don't sell if you're if you're already a shareholder. Absolutely, do not sell. Uh, I think you know. Look, whether whether there's another bid that comes across. I mean, certainly the the, the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan and KKR, which is the sort of the private equity mm -hmm. side of things. These guys have got very 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 deep pockets, and they're looking for assets, as Jumbo said, all around the world. I think I think really investors should definitely look taking a step back. I think investors should definitely look at infrastructure to put into their portfolio because these pension plans, these these funds are going to be asset hungry as exactly as Jumbo said. So you've seen Sydney airports, uh, you've seen Spark and APA took a little bit of a bid, not not takeover bid, but as in buying uh, going into it as well. The other one you can have a look at is Osnet AST. That's also uh, in that space. But let's get back to Spark. I think Spark is a fantastic business. I do have it in clients' portfolios. At this level, I would be cautious and I would hold. I wouldn't be buying any more here. But the reason why these, these pension funds and these guys really like this business is that they can project out 10 to 20 years worth of earnings. There, It is that sort of stable that they like that kind of thing going forward. So that's what we really like about this space is that projected earnings and the ability for these things to move forward. So for me, I think it is definitely a hold. Be cautious here. If obviously that bid doesn't come through, the stock's going to come back, but then I'd be comfortable to buy it because of that forward-looking earnings. Okay, so if it does have a pullback, this would actually become a buy for you. Yeah, correct. Yeah, Okay, absolutely. good. So it's a hold for now from both of our expert guests here. That's Spark Infrastructure, SKI. The next one on the list, on the list, is for Michelle. And this is Adore Beauty. So this is a fast-growing company. It's in that online e-commerce space. It is for, you know, everything sort of personal care. And uh, I was reading in uh, some of the Fairfax papers that uh, its CEO wants to go for growth. And uh, she's looking at you, Adam. Uh, she thinks obviously with about half the population being men, that's the next frontier for Adore Beauty. 
Will you be hopping online? I'm not insinuating anything, of course, but would you be hopping <laughs> online to buy a door? Uh, this is a hard one. Uh, Jumbo got this one right. She took it up on the IPO and then got out of it pretty quickly. I took it up on the IPO and I'm still holding it for clients. So I'm not doing so well uh, in, in, in this one. Look, I think uh, Adore Beauty has a fantastic business because it is online. And I think with COVID and obviously with these snap lockdowns going as we are at the moment, you know, people will continue to buy online. And, and I think people's investment choice, not investment choices, people's uh, buying habits mm -hmm. have changed to make sure that this thing, you know, to, to make sure that they continue to buy online. But my, my problem is, is that Adore has continued to tell the market that they are looking for growth. They're looking for private labels and really they had a fantastic prospectus, but they really haven't been able to meet that prospectus forecast. So I think for me, it's it's a hold. I, I, I've, I'm really struggling because I've got clients still in at IPO prices and I've got to wait until we go to sort of get back to that level. So I'm just a bit cautious because it came with post pandemic numbers and they were fantastic. Now people, do they still go out? I don't know. Do they still go to Meyer and buy their lipstick, or do they, you know, do that kind of stuff, or do they continue to buy online? Uh, it's it's a tough one for me. So I'm going to say hold. I got it wrong, and we're waiting to try and dig ourselves out of a bit of a hole on this one. Maya culpa, but again, I will get emails at the end of this program um, from people saying, "Why not sell now? Why?" Why, you know, why would you wait for a potential another downgrade or for another yeah. um, bad announcement to come through? Because it's not just about holding on to recoup your losses sometimes. It's yeah. about, you know, cutting and running. Yeah, or even buying more at this level. I mean, if, you, if I think it's going to get back to $6, $7, you know, potentially where the IPO was or the IPO exactly. price, um, exactly. I should be buying more at this level. Um, so, look, I agree. Sometimes clients don't like taking a loss, so that's a little bit difficult to broach that subject. I, I, I think, you know, um, I think it's a great business and I really did like it. I, I just, I, I can't see any translation to the end profit numbers, but like some of the EPS numbers are, are fantastic and, and their site numbers and their analytics that they've got is fantastic as well. It's just the market potentially is not paying enough uh, attention to it or enough multiple to it at the moment. So yeah, I, it's a hold. Uh, yeah. All right, Adam. <laughs> Look, it's not a, a perfect science. Is it June Bay? Um, would you would you hold on? You know, would you buy now? Do you expect that the company's growth potential is such that it makes it good value now? Um, I would say all of these e-commerce business uh, represents, um, you know, it's time to start looking at them. But um, the, the, the key issue faced by all of those business like Kogan, like Temple and Webster, like Redbubble, is that um, next 12 months, um, you know, the earning looks um, quite tough because they're cycling 100% or 200% sort of growth. Now, um, the, the problem with that is that, um, you know, when, when the sales number becomes a bit tougher, uh, the competition picks up. So when competition picks up as a retail e-commerce platform, they will have to spend. So most of them, to be quite frank, have no idea how much they're going to spend to hold on to that, that type of, you know, their own market share. 
Um, so next 12 months is a little bit unknown, um, you know, for those businesses because they're, you know, their margin can halve in the next 12 months if the competition heats up. Everyone, while everyone fights for market share, a small, uh, a shrinking market share. So that is the biggest challenge at this point. My view is that, you know what, I'm happy to take 12 month view. I, I, I want to use this opportunity to um, find the best price to buy the one that with the, you know, the, the real motorbike, you know, so say with Temple and Webster, you know, I think it's doing really well in that, you know, online uh, sort of, you know, furniture space. That's very interesting. Um, you know, pay attention to what they do. Maybe in six months is the best buying opportunity. Maybe you can start easing your way in. Adore, for example, I think it's got a great platform. But I think like Adam says, it's because it's, a, um, you know, it's a newly listed business. You do want to see a bit more of achievement of what they said. It's not so much in guidance because, you know, the earnings guidance because market dynamic change. It's more about, you know, they talk about the strategy, the long term strategy. Are they on track with it? Um, are they, you know, keeping up with doing some of the M&A and other things? Um, because if they do, maybe they can cement their market share. Um, then they can, you know, grow from there when uh, when we move past the next 12 months. So this is a good opportunity to look at those names. Um, but look, the earnings will be very volatile just because even the retailer themselves don't know how much marketing they have to reinvest to keep that eyeball going. Okay, so this is not a buy at current levels for you. Would you hold on to it if you, um, you know, potentially were already invested? Because, uh, you know, if you're taking that that view, you know, you want to see uh, the proof in the pudding in terms of strategy. Yeah, I will probably look. To be honest, I think Adore has held up pretty well relative to the other e-commerce guys. So I would probably actually just. Um, Uh, sell it and then um, you know wait for the better entry points okay all right thank you Uh, let's get to a bit of a sum up shall we we're halfway through the program already on this Friday afternoon again great to have you along for the ride if you're watching us on Facebook on Twitter on YouTube and of course on our streaming platform Uh, let's get to uh, this the stock that could potentially change your life. Adam Dawes picked Calix. CXL is the ticker code there. He's got ESG and the massive amount of money that is flowing in uh, to investment opportunities in that space. He says that it's got momental, monumental upside and the potential for plenty of revenue to come through. June-based pick is Aurora Biosurgery. ARX is a ticker code there. She says it's life-changing, not only for potential investment returns going forward, but it literally can change lives. She just sees that it's got an enormous uh, addressable market out there. So that is June-based life-changing pick. All right, let's get to some of the companies that uh, were nominated by you. Liberty Financial, LFG. Both of my expert guests today, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners and Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners, say they'd rather be in the big banks. It's all about net interest margins, and uh, Adam just prefers the big banks for their diversification. Again, Junbei points to margins, which will come under pressure. She says it's about as good as it gets in terms of where we are in the cycle. So again, she'd rather be in the big banks. As good as it gets is what Adam thinks about the next company on our list, Maka. He says it should be doing better in this environment. It's a and avoid for him. It's a, a hold for Junbei. She's watching the labor pressures that are coming through and how that will uh, eat into costs or you know drive costs higher. But she does say that it's very cheap and it's well managed. So she's keeping an eye on it. It's a hold for her. Woodside Petroleum, it is a hold 
for June Bay, she says that, look, in the energy space, it's looking very strong over the next 12, month, uh, 12 months. Um, she doesn't really like Woodside. Uh, she would prefer Centos or Oil Search. They are better leveraged to the price of energy and that will rise. So I actually, I think I'll call that a sell from, from June Bay. It is a buy though for Adam Dawes. It's a long-term buy for him whilst he does invest with ESG in mind. He says the reality is, is we still need oil uh, to turn our lights on. So this company he actually likes over say Santos and oil search. He does see it as being leveraged to the price of oil. Spark infrastructure, uh, absolute hold from Adam Dawes. If it falls lower, if this takeover offer doesn't come to fruition, it would be a buy because it's got uh, projected earnings. It's a safe and steady uh, way to invest in infrastructure. It's a hold for June Bay. Uh, she says, look, it, it's, it's, um, its downside is limited, but its upside is limited as well. And then we get to Adore Beauty. This got uh, Adam Dawes a little bit hot under the collar. I don't think he'd mind me saying, uh, look, it's a hold for him. He is hanging on for a lift in the share price, which is achievable. It just hasn't proved itself yet for him. Junbei, though, says that it's a sell. You can wait to get in into a better entry price if you do believe that it will be able to execute on strategy. She says the space is pretty competitive. All of these e-commerce giant uh, players are going to have to spend to maintain their market share and or beauty is no exception. She's already made her money on that one. Anyways, uh, let's get to our portfolio, the Osbiz portfolio. We've been tracking it since July 1st last year. This is thanks to our partner, NapTrade. All the companies that get two thumbs up or a buy from both of our experts in the show go into the portfolio. We have not got one in yet today. Let's check in on how it's going so far this week, up by one and a half percent over the month, more than a percent. Full year to date, 37 and a half. Uh, recently, we've added Strike Resources, we've added Venturex Resources, Galaxy Resources, there's a theme, Flight Center, and Micro X. We've removed Premium, McMahon, and Bega Cheese. You can check in on that portfolio. Go to our website, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And I guess speaking of NabTrade, uh, we check in with Gemma Dale weekly at 1 p.m. She tells us what's been moving on the NabTrade platform, and that gives us a really good idea of where the retail market is, is headed, or where it is coming out of. All right, guys, you're back, you're back. Welcome, welcome yeah. back. Let's get into the yeah. other half of this program. Uh, Regis Resources, RRL is the ticker code. This one is for Elliot. The gold price, I've got to say, looking pretty schmick lately. Uh, Jumbe, how do you view Regis Resources in that space? Look, um, I think it looks all right, but I have a much preference um, for um, much larger uh, peers, um, you know, the likes of Northern Star, um, where it merged with its, um, you know, almost comparable um, so a few months ago. Um, I think, uh, yeah, much rather to be in the larger names. Um, in terms of the gold price, though, because, they, you know, the share price tend to move with the gold prices wherever it's going. Um, look, in the current environment, a gold price will be volatile um, simply because, you know, we uh, we are in the world where, um, you know, we've got a little bit of inflation. There will be a bit of growth returning, but the inflation is not too bad. So kind of in that sort of period, normally gold prices sort of, 
you know, can become volatile, um, can stagnate a little bit. Gold price tend to do really well when, you know, everyone's worried about the growth or, you know, when inflation is through the roof. So somewhere in between is where we are at the moment. So I think that well, the gold prices kind of look, um, you know, reasonable. And, um, you know, it's uh, in terms of the upside to the share price, you really need a gold price to start moving. Yeah, Adam, Regis looks pretty cheap uh, as compared yeah. to a lot of the other ASX gold miners. It's, yeah. it's low cost, it's pretty diversified, and yeah. um, it's got a pretty strong operating history. So why, I mean, we had the, the chart up there. Why is the share price not coming along to the party with Regis? Yeah, that's a really good call, Nadine. And, and certainly you're right as far as a, um, a low-cost producer, they can produce a, an ounce of gold all in costs at around about $1,300 and the Aussie gold price sitting around about 2400 at the moment. It looks pretty good. But what, what's happened is that the uh, one of their one of their mines, or in fact, Re, um, uh, sorry, Regis Resources has downgraded their gold production going forward. One of their mines, which is the Duke, Duke Ton South mine, uh, had an underground mine closure and 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 basically an open pit grade seemed to sort of fall with that. Now they've they've basically said to the market that they they were going to produce around about 300 to 350 thousand ounces per year. But now they're getting to around about 200,000 ounces a year for the full year, but uh, going up until 2026. And hence why the market is now selling down this stock on the back of, uh, of that sort of production downgrade going forward. So, look, I really like management here. Management is very, very sound. They operate and they've got a really, really good track record. Um, Regis is a little bit different as far as gold miners because... They're basically, uh, it's it's not a porphyry, but basically it, it, they do do uh, high tonnage, low grade. So it is quite difficult and they need to watch their costs every time they're, they're putting, pulling another ounce out of the gold. But, you know, at a, an all sustaining $1,300 uh, an ounce to get it out of the ground is still pretty damn good if in, in, in anyone's language. I think Newcrest is just shy of $1,000. So uh, it, it, is, uh, it is something that, so to answer to your question, I think it's a hold. For me, I don't think you need to be out of it, but I think you need to be very cautious about more further downgrades on this one. I prefer the big boys in the room, which is Northern Star and Newcrest. Both of those uh, are doing very, very well. And, and as Jumbe said, that with Northern Star merging with Saracen, it really then puts them up into that top tier uh, of a gold producer. So I, I'd, I'd stay in that space. Or even just invest in the gold, G-O-L-D, the ETF, the commodity. Get rid of all the company risk and just buy the commodity if you think the commodity is going to go higher. We do think that the gold price should continue to rise. There's a bit of a gap there at the moment. So, uh, you know, you can play that either way. But for me, uh, Regis, only because the management are there uh, is it a hold from me. Okay. All right. So Northern Star, I think, is a bonus buy, and G-O-L-D is the ETF that you can uh, leverage the commodity price off of. Next on the list, Plenty Group this week. Uh, we spoke with the CEO, actually. It's had a pretty good run. Um, the quarter looked really strong. Um, it's, it's increasing its originations, but again, does this sort of go back to the liber Liberty Financial conversation that we had earlier on, uh, that there's a bit of safety in the big banks? Jim Bay? 
yeah, look, uh, absolutely. So it's, this one is like the sexy version of the uh, Liberty. Um, so it's growing incredibly well. Uh, it's off a small base, um, you know, and uh, said there's lots of growth. I think latest quarterly is up more than 90%. So it's going really well. And uh, there's quite a lot of player in that space. Um, so current operating environment is pretty good. Um, for that whole um, the, the whole wholesale lending space, um, you know the one we actually follow for quite some time and quite like is uh, Wiser. Um, it's also in that space, and um, you know as I said, the um, the operating environment is pretty good. So you know for the larger end, I much prefer to sit in the banks just because you know they they cheaper, they got dividend, they're defensive, all that. But then on the sexy end, um, you know <laughs> uh, you need to have some in the portfolio. Um, I much rather to have more Wiser. All right, Wiser would be the preferred pick in that space. Adam, plenty. Do you know it? Do yeah. you like it? Yeah, yeah, sure do. And uh, it, it's a buy from me. Uh, we've got a buy here on Plenty at Shore and Partners. With a, we've just upgraded our price target from a dollar seventy-five to a dollar ninety on that price target. Um, as you said, that quarterly was absolutely fantastic as far as their originations of uh, 216 million up 26% on our numbers and up 260% year on year. So those originations were fantastic. And obviously, we're going to see that accelerate on an annualized run rate, and that could lift them up to around about a billion dollars. So, look, the loan book is growing 100% year on year. Um, annualized figures seem to imply that there's going to be significant profit more than sort of 40 million dollars for that for that book and if they get that book over a billion and 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 potentially get that higher then there's more profit to be available there they're in a nice space at the moment they're doing a lot of sort of car loans or auto warehouse capacity so they've got a bit of headroom there as well and i think it's sort of catalyst rich as far as that uh you know if we see another quarter uh, moving like this then the share price could continue to move higher so it's a buy from me uh with a decent price target so, you know, yes, Jumbe's right, you compare it to a wiser, but I think this one, uh, it, is, it has a less shares on issue. So that sort of gives me a little bit more. A lot of institutions haven't really looked at it because it is quite hard to get set in that. Uh, so I, I like it because then the retail investors can potentially get in there before the instos get in there. So it's just a little bit illiquid. So it's just been held back. Did have a bit of a bumpy ride on the IPO to start with and it has basic, basically tracked sideways. Uh, for for the last sort of six or so months, uh, but now starting to kick up, and that price action the other day just gave me a little bit more confidence. So it's a buy from me. Okay, a buy from Adam Dawes for Plenty Group. PLT is the ticker code there. Uh, I'll start with you on this next one, Adam, because you know you were talking ESG, Australian Ethical yeah. AEF is the next one on the list. Look, just this yeah. week. It's claiming 50% growth in funds under management over the past 12 months alone. So that's a billion dollars of new investment, 56% uh, increase in net flows. I feel like I'm doing their promoing for them. But I mean, it, it certainly seems like it is benefiting from that push to ESG. So if you're interested in investing in an ethically uh, enhanced way, is this the way to do it? Uh, well, yes, it is one way to do it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can actually look at this, that, that uh, the AEF advised that one of its uh, emerging companies fund actually is going to pay a performance fee of $2.9 million because it outperformed the benchmark and the S&P small ASX industries over the last sort of 12 months. And that performance fee is around about sort of 20%. So um, look, some more money coming into the fund on the back of that guidance. And I don't think anybody minds paying for uh, uh, our performance fees when you outperform. 
So look, I, I think yes, you're right. It is does sit well in there. Um, this one's obviously it used to be a fund, and now they've obviously listed it. And then back in the day, this one was very very thinly traded as well. And I think they've done a um, a recap of sort of every one for four shares to get some more liquidity in the share price. I think it look it's done really well. Um, what do I say? I, look, yeah, I, I think you're okay. I think you can buy this one. Uh, you know, it, it, it is probably a great way to get that um, ESG ethical side of things. I do like the ETF, which is FAIR, which is the Australian one, and ETHI, which is the international uh, ethical investment side of things. The two ETFs from BetaShares. I sort of prefer those. They're a little bit more diversified. But I think AEF is doing a really, really good job. So, look, I'm comfortable to buy this one in clients' portfolios. Okay, it's a buy. You know, I always hate asking active managers about other funds. But there you go, June Bay. Nice, Would you be? Be nice. <laughs> I am very fair. <laughs> so what and, do you think uh, about Australian look, Ethical? Uh, look, I think uh, it's well run. It's got performance fee, so it's done well. And, uh, you know, um, and... Uh, but, but, but the, the biggest question is, what do you pay for it? Um, I know they've got the right exposure with all that ethical front. Um, and, um, you know, it's uh, you pay 100 times earnings um, for this company. Um, you know, this is probably the most expensive fund manager listed <laughs> around the world. You know, 100 times earnings, uh, 18 times sales. So, you know, I know they're in the right space. Um, you know, it's just way too expensive. This compared to the likes of Pinnacle, which is doing very well as well. Uh, it's on just over 20 times. Um, you know, the previous star Magellan that's on, you know, similar sort of multiple uh, for 100 times you're paying a lot. So if you want the growth of, um, you know, sort of ethical, more ESG biased things, uh, perhaps you should just focus on the um, the ETFs and the like. Um, look, it's, it's just very expensive to mm -hmm. be to be um, have exposure to it. Yeah. I know you're fair, June Bay. We love having you on. And uh, I think that this next company, Adam, you love. Global Data Center Investment Fund, GDC. Am I correct? I mean, I've been yeah. wrong a couple times today, but uh, no, no, yeah, no, fill absolutely. us in. I really like it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Why? No, it's, Why? It's fantastic business. So where does all the data go? Anyone? Where does all the data go? It doesn't go to the cloud. It's not in the, in the, uh, in, in the cloud. It actually goes get stored in a warehouse that's that's uh, temperature controlled, secure, and uh, usually that's basically a big fridge, big warehouse that sort of sort of sits in there. So, the, so the the data center side of things, we've got to buy on this one uh, as well. I think this is something that you can definitely keep your eye on. It is thinly traded around a dollar seventy seven today. Next DC is certainly the one in the in the, the the big space, and look, that is actually starting to move a little bit today as well. So. I think, look, the Global Data Center or GDC, the stock code, is one of those ones that is, it is a growing data center business. It's a global one, as it says in the name. Uh, they've got some properties in France. They've got some properties in South America. Uh, they've got some stuff here and Guam as well, which is a really interesting space for them to be because a lot of the internet uh, transacts or goes through Guam. So look, I, I really like this one. It's a smaller one than the Next DC. Next DC struggles due to the fact that they've got to pay very large rents here in New South Wales and around Australia for their properties, whereas in 
next or GDC has basically come out and said that we're not going to compete in that in that metro space. We're going to go uh, and and move and go uh, uh, globally. So look, yeah, I, I think this is a really good one. It's it's one of those ones that you put in the back of your portfolio. You basically buy it and, and leave it. It did pay a little bit of a dividend the first year, paid a little bit of dividend this year, but they are looking for growth. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really good business. I like it. Uh, so it's a buy from me. It is a buy. Uh, I'm going to ask the question, which I think will help, uh, you know, maybe steal a bit of Jimbei's thunder, but are these the big, massive data centers or are these some of the smaller, more localized ones? Yeah, so these, these are the smaller localized okay. ones. It's not like your Googles or your Yahoo, but it's still in that medium enterprise business space. So, you know, it's still quite large businesses still need data storage areas. So it, it does fit into that nice space. It's it's for the smaller companies, but also the medium sizes. But yes, it's not the, the, the Google ones or the, you know, the, 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 the large ones. Mm -hmm. and, and they can see that they can get better uplift from taking some of those smaller ones and then getting more growth, getting more. Because once uh, a company's inside in their racks inside the storage area, they don't really move. And then they can start uplifting rent. They can up start uplift, uplifting uh, the earnings of the business on the back of those people being there. So, yeah, it's not it's not the large ones, but it's those medium to small price enterprise businesses that they're targeting. What do you think of it, Jimbe? I remember this one now. Um, I think I like it. I remember we were talking about this, Adam, previously, maybe a yep. few months ago. And Adam was going to get me the sell down detail. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what happens. And uh, look, it's, it's illiquid. So for large investors, uh, institutional investors, very hard to buy. Um, but which is in a way, it's good for the share price. Um, because, you know, as, as the um, you know, company does well, uh, there will be more um, you know, new investors coming on board, creating buy intentions. So it's great for the share price. Um, look, it's got a great dynamic. Um, uh, the, the, I think the management uh, had a good track record as well so that's mm. very important to follow yeah. um and um you know and then this whole data center is a great space to be um next dc is pretty large so you know so for them to keep growing and everything so it certainly comes with a lot of costs and um you know money capital required to do that whereas this business is still quite small at early stage so um it will be a buy for me um and uh you know this will, <laughs> will be very difficult to get to the into the uh, my portfolio just because the liquidity i'm still waiting for adam to uh, come back with some sort of transaction. <laughs> Adam, I'm surprised you haven't sent Jumbei that email. Yeah, well, uh, uh, offline, Jumbei, we can have a chat. <laughs> okay. All right. So that one, guys, that, that's our first company going into the portfolio today. GDC is the ticker code. Uh, thanks, guys. We've got one more on the list. I haven't left a whole lot of time for this one um, purposely. I know Raj has emailed in about this one. He's talking about the gold price. It's Aurelia Metals, AMI. We've sort of talked about the gold price already. We know that Adam and Jumbe both favor the bigger players, Northern Star and the like. But again, Raj is saying, if you just look at value uh, uh, with this company, I mean, is the price right? You want me to start on this one? Sure, uh, Adam. Yep. So I keep forgetting yeah, we're not in the same go. room. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so look, AMI is actually uh, a really interesting business and, and it's had a bit of a checkered past. I think uh, Glencore was in there for a, uh, a small position in that and now I think that they've moved on on this one. Look, AMI, uh, again, I think, you know, is going to struggle because it's really all about that cost of getting that gold out of the ground. 
uh, you know, they've, they've, they've moved past that exploration stage. And that's potentially why I think this one has continued to struggle is because those investors that are in for that exploration stage, there you go, you can see from 2017 up to 2018, 19, that was the exploration stage. And now they're in production or trying to move towards production. So it does change the investor base a little bit. And that's why we're seeing this share price moving sideways or languishing a little bit here. Um, I'll reiterate, I prefer the big boys in this room. If you hold it, I wouldn't sell it because I think it looks okay and gold price should move higher. So you might get a little bit of uplift here. But for me, I'd rather be in the big boys. And is that your view, Jim Bay? Or is there anything else that you can add there for AMI? Yeah, not much to add. It's the same. The big boys is better. Like, look, there's a lot of risk of getting the gold out of ground. So initially it was earlier, you know, when you're exploring, looking for those gold, uh, great share price rally with those news flow. But by the time you go to produce, a lot of things can go wrong. Um, you know, so you much prefer to be in the lower risk, the large boys where give you good exposure to the high gold prices as well. Okay, so that is not a buy from either one of our, our guests, Raj. Thanks for sending the email in. Actually, thanks to everybody who sent emails in for the companies that we did cover today. Um, I'll just summarize quickly the second half of the show before I say goodbye to our guests. And we've got Adore Beauty. Uh, sorry, that was in the last, previous one. Uh, Regis Resources. So that is a hold from both of my expert guests. Jimbei says it looks all right, but bigger is always better. And Adam, he just heard him reiterate again, bigger is better. Uh, and you could see some further downgrades for Regis, but he does like the management in this company. Plenty is the next on the list. Jimbei said it's a sexy version of Liberty, which we discussed earlier in the program, but it's not a buy for her. She would prefer to look at Wiser, for example. Uh, it is a buy at Sean Partners. So uh, Adam really likes this one. He says that this is a good one for retail investors because there's not a lot of institutional interest in it just yet. And he sees significant upside coming from here. So that is a buy for Plenty Group. Australian Ethical, it's expensive for June Bay. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's well run, charges a performance B, but the question always is, what do you pay for companies? And it's just too expensive for her. It's a buy, though. For Adam Dawes, he says, look, no one minds paying for outperformance, uh, though he does point to a couple of the ETFs in that uh, ethical space, FAIR and ETHY, E-T-H-Y, are the, the codes for that. A Global Data Center Investment Fund, GDC. Adam and June Bay are going to have a catch up offline about this one, but it is a buy from both of my guests. It's going into the portfolio. It's difficult to get into. It's fairly illiquid, um, but uh, it looks like it is going to uh, do quite well in the future. So we'll see how that performs in the fund. Thanks, guys, for that. And the final company on the list was Aurelia Metals AMI, just a hold from both of our Guests, Junbei says, look, it's a, it's a risky proposition getting gold out of the ground and into production. It's probably pretty XE as well. Uh, so uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Junbei. Thank you, uh, Adam Dawes, for joining us remotely today. Well, we do appreciate your insights. And we so hope that you guys have a good weekend. And we'd also just um, briefly like to thank all of our expert guests for putting their necks out there, for giving us their life-changing stock picks over the past couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun. I know that our viewers really enjoyed uh, the series as well. We will look to do something similar in the not-too-distant future. Always feel free to click us an email, the call at osbiz.com.au. And uh, remember, you can check out that portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Don't forget to subscribe to the Osbiz newsletter. It's a cracker. It's called the COB. We love putting it together. It's got our views in there, a couple links to the interviews that we're highlighting for the day. 
we look forward to that one. And uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. Don't forget, we've got The Pulse coming right up. More stock picks, uh, more great interviews. Cara Ordway will be here with you shortly. Thank you.